Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. Well, I have a lot to cover this morning, but I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to, to emphasize what I need to emphasize. Because you can't, there's too much when you're talking about the Holy Spirit to talk about in, in a few moments that we have. So we better pray, all right? We better pray this guy doesn't get carried away, okay? Lord Jesus, we love you, and, and uh, we do welcome your, your presence right now. Um, Lord, your word says that faith comes by hearing your word, and I, I ask for that release of faith in Jesus' name. And your word also says it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So, Lord, as we come before you, we trust you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts and to do all that you want to do in our hearts today, to take us to a place maybe we've never been, in Jesus' name. Amen? Well, I am going to be talking about, I, would, I don't know, I had a hard time kind of, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does, he does more than just three things. He does all kinds of stuff. But I called it the three works of the Holy Spirit, or you could call it the three progressions or whatever. The three steps of the Holy Spirit, I don't know. But uh, this is basically what I want to share with you today, and I believe it's so important. I believe this is left out a lot throughout the church, and that is the natural progression that the Holy Spirit takes us on. And you see this pattern throughout the early church in the book of Acts. And that pattern was this. People would get born again. They would come to Jesus and get saved. They would repent. Then the Bible says, repent and be baptized. The Holy Spirit takes us to the next step because he always leads you in obedience, the first step of obedience is to get water baptized. So you get saved, you get water baptized, and then what you see in the book of Acts again, and throughout the early church, was then the people were filled with the Holy Spirit. They didn't waste any time. When people got born again, what they did was they took them right into being filled with the Holy Spirit. They, they said, okay, you got born again, you come to Jesus, okay, you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And that would happen. It was a natural progression and that last step is often left out now in the church because, well, you know, I got saved, I have the Holy Spirit. And I'll explain that. But there is a definite, a defined, what the Bible would call, baptism of the Holy Spirit that is clear, and it was spoken from the mouth of Jesus in all four Gospels that is largely neglected today. So I want to take you through that so you can see for yourself from Scripture, and I'll share quite a few Scriptures today, but we're going to move through this today, and, and hopefully you'll grasp everything I want to share. But uh, the first, obviously, the work of the Holy Spirit does in our lives, that's introduce us to Jesus. I think that's pretty clear throughout the scriptures that you get saved because the Holy Spirit revealed to you your need for Jesus. John chapter 16, verse 8 says, and when he comes, talking to the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin. He'll convict the world of unrighteousness, right? Unrighteousness to come. In other words, he, he comes upon us throughout our life and reveals our need for Jesus because we need to be forgiven. We have sin. We have this weight on us that we can't get rid of. And uh, then, and Acts, actually, John chapter 16, verse 13 says, however, when he, talking of the Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. You know who the truth is, don't you? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he'll always lead you to the truth, Jesus and convict you of your truth, which is your need for Jesus Christ. Uh, Acts chapter 1.8, it's interesting when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be witnesses of me. 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, especially in power, one of his main number one goals in your life is to make you a witness for Jesus, leading people by the Holy Spirit in your life to Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit's first goal, name and everything, is to help people understand their need for Jesus. Okay, now I think that's pretty clear, and I'm just giving you a few scriptures on each of these topics because we don't have time to go through the myriads of scriptures that are there for us. But when you choose to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates you. He births you into the kingdom. Remember, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. He births you into Jesus. He regen- Only the Holy Spirit can do that supernatural work in you that now once you are dead, now you are alive in Christ. You become alive in Him, the birthing of the Holy Spirit in your life. As a matter of fact, there's been countless testimonies, and they're still going on today, of people in Muslim countries where the gospel has not been able to penetrate, where people have not been able to go, that they've been simply just praying for these people, and they are having dreams and visions where Jesus is coming to them, and they're getting born again through that experience alone, because the Holy Spirit is doing that. It's marvelous. It's wonderful. It's supernatural. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, having believed, you were sealed with the promise, the Holy Spirit, a promise. You are sealed. Ephesians 4.30 says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit seals you. He marks you. If you were able to see in the Spirit, you would see some kind of a Holy Spirit mark or seal on your life. And the devil knows that and he can't touch you now. He'll try to bring hell to you as much as he can, but but he can't drag you to hell because you're marked for heaven. You're sealed for heaven. You belong to God. He says, oh, that's a child of God. He knows. And so you're, you have the Holy Spirit when you're born again. Everybody understand that when you get born again, you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in you and births you, and you're marked and you're sealed. That's very clear in Scripture. What's really interesting, and uh, this passage, maybe you've never read this before. I'll draw your attention to it. But after Jesus' death and resurrection, before his ascension, he went and visited disciples, and he, he, is, he appeared to them in the book of Acts. Now, this is what it says in John chapter 20, verse 22, and Jesus appears to them. It says this, and when he, had, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Why is that so significant? Because for the first time, these disciples are seeing Jesus after his resurrection. He just paid for their sins. Now they're getting a born-again experience. Holy Spirit, he breathes on them. They get born again. Revelation happens. Now new life comes into them. This is before the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. It's interesting. See, when you get born again, when you come to Jesus, it's as though Jesus is breathing on you. says, now receive the Holy Spirit. He's going to birth you into the kingdom. Bam. Supernatural. The old is made new. You are now a new creation. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Let's look at the second progression or work of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will always lead you in obedience. What's the first step of obedience? Water baptism. We announced this this morning. There's a sign up out there. That's the first thing you do. Acts, or Matthew chapter 8, verse 19, the Holy Spirit is involved in growing you in Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, making you a disciple of Jesus. What's the first step? Well, Jesus said, go, to, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In other words, immerse them. That means to dip under, to immerse uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, talking about water baptism. Water baptism is your first step of obedience, your outward expression of your inward faith 
and commitment you made to Jesus Christ that attracts the Holy Spirit whenever you obey and follow and does something powerful in your life, opens up a greater revelation of who God is in your life. And as you read the word, you'll sense things you've never seen before. There's just some blessing. There's always blessing in obedience when you walk with Jesus. And it's a family celebration. That's why we do it publicly with the church, because this is your family. We celebrate with you your new commitment to Jesus, your new walk in Him. You're identifying with His resurrection. We could go on and on about that. But here, Jesus' own example, did Jesus need to be water baptized? Well, not exactly, but He set an example for you and I to follow. If Jesus got water baptized, obviously we need to. But what's so powerful, Matthew chapter 3, when you look at Jesus' account, verse 16 and 17, it says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. This is his baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is walking with God. He gets baptized in water, and then immediately following the coming up out of the water, he, he gets the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him. And it says, a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, I'm well pleased. And so we see this. But what about the third progression in the work of the Holy Spirit that is often neglected or missed? Matter of fact, I'll just say this. The fastest growing church around the world, especially in difficult places, is a Spirit-filled church. The churches that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? I'll tell you what. That's why Jesus told the disciples to get baptized. You'll see this because they were going to face some really difficult things and they need to be empowered, emboldened, and so does the church today. And so do you and I today, even where we live. So the third work of the Holy Spirit was what the Bible would say is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. That's very clear and evident from Scripture. And I really love that because our focus is on Jesus. Because Jesus you know, Jesus you trust, Jesus you love, Jesus you have a personal relationship with them. So it's really easy to come to Jesus and say, I feel so secure with you, and your word says you're going to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And so it leads us to Jesus. When you receive Jesus again, you have the Holy Spirit. You're marked. You're sealed. But just like the disciples received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them, you did too, and you got born again. But then the Bible takes, talks about this being filled or being baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's a distinct difference here that we're talking about from just receiving the Holy Spirit when you're born again and what the Bible calls baptism or being filled. Very important. So somebody would ask you, so you have the Holy Spirit and you're born again? Obviously, the answer is absolutely. Couldn't be born again any other way. But then we see this other work of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, for instance. John the Baptist. He was preaching. And he's talking about Jesus. In verse 11, he says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Isn't that interesting? He says, Jesus is coming. Oh, he's going to baptize the Holy Spirit. It's really powerful. It's very clear. Jesus is the baptizer. And he's going to do that. He wants to, in other words, immerse, surround, overflow you. In other words, when you get born again, you have the Holy Spirit. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is though the Holy Spirit has you. He fills every compartment of our life to the overflowing, like a sponge that's immersed in the water, and you pull it out, and it's just dripping. That's what that means. That's what Jesus wants to do. 
Now, what's interesting is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is actually in every single gospel. Every single gospel. And this is, this is uh, unusual because um, <clears throat> in every gospel, there are actually only a few things that are in every gospel. Now, if you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are synoptic gospels. That means they're similar gospels, okay? John, though, is not a synoptic gospel. It's not like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And here's the reason why. Matthew, Mark, and Luke um, record the birth of Jesus, and then they advance immediately to after the beheading of John the Baptist and talk about the third year of Jesus' ministry. It's pretty common. It's all through those three gospels. Now, in 70 AD, after the death and resurrected Jesus Christ, the Apostle John, who was the longest living disciple, realizes that nobody talked about the first two years of Jesus' ministry. So he writes the book of John and focuses on the first two years of Jesus' ministry. And that's why we have things in John that you don't have in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's typical when you read something in Matthew to go, hmm, this parable, this story, I wonder what it says about this in Mark and Luke. And so you read that as well because it's a similar and you kind of get the full picture. It's not the case with John. It's kind of different. John, starting with the, ter- John, the, the first two years of Jesus' ministry, for instance, John chapter 2, you have the wedding at Canaan. John chapter 3, you have the conversation with Nicodemus, Nicodemus about being born again. Then you move to John chapter 4, you have the woman to dwell. John chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery. Then you move into the, to, uh, the blind man at John chapter 9. And then Lazarus, who's raised from the dead. And then John chapter 14, 15, 16, where there's a conversation around the Last Supper. All these things in John that aren't in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Interesting, isn't it? So what was recorded in all four Gospels? This is huge. Obviously, the death, life, the life of the death, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All four Gospels, hands down. How I many know that's huge? Resurrection of Jesus Christ? Yeah. You know what else is in all four Gospels? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. That intrigues me. We already read the account in Matthew chapter 3, where John said, Jesus is coming to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 1, verse 8. Here it is again. I indeed baptize you with water, but he, speaking of Jesus, will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Jump over to Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered and said to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. There it is again. Okay, what about John? Well, let's go to John. John chapter 1. He talks about it as well, but he puts a different slant on it. Verse 33 and 34. He says, I did not know him. He says, but he who sent me, speaking of the Father, to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, speaking of Jesus, this is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. All four Gospels. Don't you find it interesting? Just me? No, you. Okay, you're kind of going, oh, that, that's kind of cool. Well, read it for yourself. Go back and research it. Upon who you see the Spirit descending and remaining, he says, this is the one. And this is very important because the Holy Spirit has never actually descended and remained on anyone to this point. I mean, in the Old Testament, uh, the Holy Spirit came on King Saul, 
for a time, until King Saul rebelled and offered a sacrifice without Samuel and went into his rebellion, and the Holy Spirit lifted off of him. Now, King David, he obviously had the Holy Spirit until he sinned with Bathsheba, committed adultery. Then what's he pray in Psalm 51? He prays, take not your spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Holy Spirit brings joy. And of course, after he repented, the Holy Spirit came back on him. But now the father says to John, to John, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining. Jesus at that point gets this baptism, this filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, when John the Baptist saw the spirit descending and remaining on Jesus, that was when he water baptized him. We already read that in Matthew, his account of being water baptized. The Holy Spirit is the subject here, not the dove. The dove was a symbol evident, but it was the Holy Spirit. Reminds me of this old story I read uh, of this old pastor. And uh, he was in a little church and he, above his pulpit, he had a hole in the ceiling that opened up to the attic. I guess there was a vent pipe that went through there that uh, never got filled in. And he was, he was uh, going to do a dramatic illustration and he's, he's preaching. So he, he had a little boy go up in the attic with a dove. And he said, now when I say the Holy Spirit came down. You throw down that dove. So he's preaching away, and he gets to that point. He's all excited, and he goes, and the Holy Spirit came down. And nothing happened. He goes, and the Holy Spirit came down. Still, nothing happened. He's getting a little frustrated and concerned, and so he says it a little louder. And the Holy Spirit came down. Finally, he hears this little voice say, uh, Pastor, the cat ate the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Can I throw down the cat? He's full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I love it. Can you imagine? Anyway, it says the Holy Spirit came on Jesus. See, Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit when he was on earth. Everything Jesus did was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was God, yet man. The Bible says he completely emptied himself of all his divine attributes. That's what he did. And he was empowered. Jesus didn't cheat. He trusted and depended on and needed the Holy Spirit to do everything he did. And so do you and I. Matter of fact, the Bible says we will even do greater things. And the only way that's going to happen is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, says this of Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, and God was with them. It says they anointed and filled Jesus with power. So if Jesus needed to receive the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he did on earth... Jesus needed to be baptized and anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, don't you think that you and I need the same thing if he set the example for us? Of course. Again, when you get born again, when you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit. You're marked, you're sealed. But then there's a next step that Jesus calls us to. And what's beautiful about being born again is now you're in Christ. Let me tell you, that's a good thing. You know, Nobody can pluck you from his hand. That is something to get excited about. And then we get water baptized. Spend a whole message on that. You identify with Jesus' death and resurrection, the watery grave where you leave the old life behind and you raise to new life with him with resurrection power. 
and celebrate with your family this outward expression of your inward faith. You overcame him by the blood of the lamb. You get saved because of the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. You testify of Jesus Christ through your water baptism. Water baptism doesn't save you. We're not saved by works. It's a gift only through Jesus Christ, but it's the first step of obedience. And I don't have time to teach on all that. But then at that point, become we natural progression you see in the word is baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is our example of all those things. As a matter of fact, um, Jesus didn't have to get saved because he saves, right? Uh, we, we get born again when we come to Jesus. Jesus did not have to get born again because Jesus was born right, holy, blameless. Now, in other words, we are born sinners, and then we have to get born again, and then we're born uh, perfect children of God as we're adopted into God's family. And it's not by works, but it's by grace. It's a free gift. You are now perfect in your position with the Father. You are perfect that way. You are not perfect in your performance. Boy, I sure wish I was, but you are perfect in your position with the Father because now you are in Christ. The Bible says hidden in Christ, his righteousness becomes yours. Isn't that beautiful? And it's all just free. As you trust in him, the righteous shall live by faith, the Bible says. So, we need to be born again, obviously. And when you come to Jesus, you're born as a, into, into his family as a child of God. But Jesus was born a child of God. And then water baptism. And then in Acts, you see they moved him right into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Why this baptism of the Holy Spirit? Come on, why do you want me to take that extra step? Well, I think it's always wise to obey the scriptures. <laughs> and to follow Jesus' example. But there's something unique and powerful about the Holy Spirit. Romans says that the love of God is poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. How many think you would like the love of God expand and swell in your life beyond what you're capable of? Mm -hmm. Do you know one of the marks of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is boldness? You see it all through the book of Acts. You see it with Peter. He was a coward. He denied Jesus three times. He went into the hiding. He was freaking out. And that when he's in the upper room, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess what Peter does? A boldness comes on him. He stands up and preaches to the very people that murdered Jesus, and 3,000 get saved. That is a supernatural boldness and a supernatural anointing for evangelism. The gift just came out. Powerful. And you see this, you see, what, what you, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get access and there's a release of the gifts of the Spirit in your life. And there's lots of them. We don't have time to go into all of them. But all of that begins to flow. The love of God expands. You know, there's, there's some marked things I've noticed about my own life being filled with the Holy Spirit. I get faith a lot for certain things. That gift of faith comes on me at times. And I, there's sometimes I clearly identify when it's happened. And because of it, things were bro broken loose. Another thing that happens a lot, when I'm praying, whether I'm leading a bunch of people in prayer or I'm praying for an individual, I feel the Holy Spirit all of a sudden shift my prayer, and I begin to pray certain ways that I'm not aware of. And sometimes when you're praying for people like that, you get done, they kind of look at you and go, wow, thanks. Like, I didn't know I needed that kind of prayer, but I did. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He's simply expanding your prayer life and your ability to pray in ways you did not know how to pray. Like Romans says, you know not how to pray, and the Holy Spirit will pray through you happens all the time. It's just a natural, you're stepping in and you're opening the door and say, Holy Spirit, I need your fullness and your ability in me. I need, life is hard. 
and it's difficult, and I need, I need that gift of faith, and I need the gifts of the Spirit. I need that word of wisdom and that word of knowledge. I need that prophetic word, and I need, I need that insight. I need that when I get caught. I have had many situations where I just did not know what to do, and I prayed even when I was working on my car, and bam, the light went on, and I went directly to the problem. There's no way I could have known that in the natural. That is the Holy Spirit enlarging your ability. Are you getting a picture of this? That's what we're opening our lives up to. Whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life, the journey he wants to take on, there's an enlargement of his purpose in you, an empowerment, an ability, and divine enablement. And we all need that. We all need it. We look at book of Acts here for a moment here because this is huge. The last words of Jesus before, that we read before he ascended into heaven. This is what he said in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. He says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them, talking to the disciples, not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. This is what John was talking about. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In other words, Jesus says, he's talking to him, he says, now, don't leave home without it. Oh man, you're going to get blessed. He says, I got to go, because if, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit's not coming, because I'm going to leave and I'm going to send the baptism that John's been talking about. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So whatever you do, don't leave home without it because I'm telling you, my friends, life's going to be hard. You're all going to get martyred. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but that's what's coming down your way. It's going to be difficult. You're going to turn the world upside down with the gospel. You're going to need empowerment. So I'm going to fill you and give you the enablement you need. Whew. So good. Acts 1.8, then Jesus says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be my witnesses. Hmm. You know what power? You know, you can, if you look at the word power, it means miracles. Isn't that interesting? It's like Jesus saying, you're going to see for miracles. You're going to see supernatural things. You're going to have, you're going to have stuff happen in your life that are outside your ability because the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. I'll never forget when I learned how to swim. The swimming instructor, finally, I was resisting. I was afraid of the water. A lot of us are afraid of the Holy Spirit. Woo, you don't need to be. He's your friend. He pulled me fine like this. I put my face in water and I floated. And I'll never forget that sensation of floating. It was so cool. I was like, <gasps> I was so excited that I popped up and I said, I floated. And I was really excited. And he says, yeah, you did. You floated. It's like when the Holy Spirit baptizes us, you might be on dry land, but you're enabled, you are enabled to do some things in the natural that you couldn't otherwise do. It it, I, don't, I can't explain it. You're just going to have to get it by the spirit of revelation in Jesus' name upon your heart. You know, in Acts chapter 2, it talks about when the day of Pentecost comes. It says they were all in one accord in the upper room. It says there was a, all of a sudden a sound from heaven. There was a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house where they were sitting. And it says a period of, divine tongues of divided tongues of fire rested upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues. And the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance, that's when Peter jumped up, began to preach, and he expound of on the prophecy that was in Joel that talked about that day. He says, this is what Joel talked about, and he tells them about it. Peter does that. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38, it says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. The Holy Spirit convicts them of their need for Jesus now. And then Peter sees that. And what does Peter do? It says, Peter and the rest of the apostles said, men and brethren, what shall we do? They said, oh, we're just undone. We can't believe we murdered the Messiah. And then Peter said to them, repent. 
In other words, turn to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Get born again. Then he says, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He says, now get, repent, get water baptized. It's always in that order. Repent, get water baptized. And then what does he say? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Natural progression. Get born again. Get water baptized. Identify with Jesus publicly. And then get filled with the Holy Spirit. Three things he emphasized right from the very beginning. And that's the progression that continued. Let me just clarify one thing again. You get born again? Well, you got the Holy Spirit. But this is what some people have done. They've they said the Holy Spirit, if you get the Holy Spirit, you're going to have this gift. And they pigeon-toed things. Um, you, you're, when you get the Holy Spirit, you get all the gifts. You're getting the Holy Spirit, the filling. Um, a lot of people say, no, when you get, get the Holy Spirit, you get tongues, or you get prophecy, or you get, you get this or that. Let me tell you, you can't put God in a box. You can't put the Holy Spirit in a box. God, the Holy Spirit. You're getting the Holy Spirit and all that he has for you, and what you need at that moment in your life, whatever you're facing. That's why the Bible says, pray for the best gift, the gift that you need in that moment. Open yourself up to it. See what the Holy Spirit will do. I'll explain it this way. If I walked up to you and said, hey, I'm going to give you the gift of my car. And then I hand you one of my wiper blades. You're like, what's this? I thought you were giving me the gift of a car. Yeah, the gift of the car means one gift. That's part of my, it's my wiper blade. Come on. It doesn't mean that at all in the scriptures. And that's, again, what people have done. They say, oh, you get the Holy Spirit, you get this. I'll tell you what. Um, you get everything the Holy Spirit and has and possesses. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit and all that he has for you, the rest. Jesus said, remember, he said, wait for the promise. You know what some people have said? Well, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit was just for those 120 back then on Pentecost. That's, it. that's all it was for. Well, if that's the case, then why did Paul expound so much on the gifts of the Spirit and everything else he said about the Holy Spirit and all the other epistles and stuff? I don't think God was wasting his time. I think he was saying, Paul, there's a lot the church and the future church is going to need to know about here. But remember, Jesus called it the promise. He said, wait for the promise. And the promise was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus made this very clear as he said in verse 39 of Jack's chapter 2. We'll put it up here. For the promise, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit, is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Wow. That's for us. That's for everyone, according to Jesus' words. You know, Acts chapter 12, or chapter 8, verse 12. I won't put it up here, but I'll just kind of read through some of these. And you go back and read through Acts yourself. Please do. Investigate. But it says, when the Holy Spirit... Um, when they believed, in other words, they got born again, Philip, as he was preaching these things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women, they were saved. So Philip's preaching, a bunch of people get saved. And then it says Simon himself believed and got saved. Now Simon was the sorcerer. He gets born again. Then it says he got baptized in water. And then he continued with Philip, and he was really amazed because he's seen all these signs and miracles through Philip and these disciples. He's like, wow, this is amazing. What's with these guys? How can they do all this stuff? Now, when the apostles way up in Jerusalem heard that what happened in Samaria, 
have received the word of God. In other words, all these people got saved in Samaria through Philip's preaching. Then Peter and John were sent to Samaria as well. And it says this, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they laid hands on them and it says they received the Holy Spirit. Natural progression. They came down there. All these people were born again. They got water baptized. And then Peter and John go, well, we need to get them filled with the Holy Spirit. So they did that. They said, we got to move them right into it. The disciples were making sure that these believers took every step that was provided for them and that was in the word. It's really beautiful. They made sure they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This ongoing empowerment, this ongoing resource that was available to them. They didn't want them to miss out. Now, um, it's just like when you came to Jesus, you received them by faith. It's a gift. Boom, born again. Whether you felt anything or not. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. You just come to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I receive you by faith. Whether I feel anything or not, I'm taking that step. Because that's what your word says. You'll fill me if I ask. And you receive. Now, being born again means you've opened your heart to Jesus Christ. Come in and be Lord. Guide me, Lord. I'm going to follow you. Direct my life. Run my life. Uh, I'm going to receive everything you have. Why at that point will we not take the next step and receive the Holy Spirit? Why, why would we not say the Holy Spirit as well? Holy Spirit, this is in the Word. It's very clear. And I want all that you have for me. I want this empowerment. I want this, the gifts of the Spirit. I want my love to grow and increase. I want the fruits of the Spirit to ex- love, joy, peace, patience, guidance, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I want that to exponentially grow in my life. I want a greater boldness. I want to be a better witness. Lord, I, I, I just want everything you have. The Holy Spirit says, that's what I'm coming to do. And we open the door. And he takes us on a journey, step by step. It's beautiful. It's an empowerment. And we all need that. Now, if you go to Acts chapter 19, I'm going to give you another example here. It says, uh, while Apollos, uh, uh, I'll jump down. Paul goes down to Ephesus. And he finds some disciples there. This is what happens. You can read through it later. And Paul says, hey, did you guys receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, Paul wrote a little bit over a third of the New Testament. A little bit more than a third than you and I wrote. You would agree, right? He's the greatest apostle that ever lived. Matter of fact, this is what Paul said. There are some revelations that I have received that I can't tell you about because they're too weighty for you. You would not even be able to understand them. Okay, Paul. This is the same apostle that was caught up in the third heaven. Most of us are trying to get to the first, right? (laughs) Okay. Uh, He's the guy who knows theology. The Holy Spirit used him to pen most of the theology in the New Testament. This is Paul. So he comes to these disciples. He says to these guys, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You know what their response to him was? Now, that's, this is a guy who knows theology of the New Testament. I think he kind of knows what he's asking. He knows what's going on. He's a pretty sharp guy. He, he understands correct theology. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did anyone tell you about the Holy Spirit? Did anyone pray for you to get baptized is what he's asking. You know what they said? We have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. We didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. That is shocking to me. Do you know there are churches today that people attend that if you were to go to ask them if they were filled with the Holy Spirit, or a lot of their responses would be, 
What's Holy Spirit? Nobody ever said anything about Holy Spirit around here. I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? That's a shame. My friends, it's not going to happen here. We're going to get the full gospel. All right? The Holy Spirit is clearly evident from Genesis to the creation of the planet all the way through to Revelation. And we will not neglect the Holy Spirit. I got to be accountable for that. And besides, I don't want you to miss out on massive blessing. And so, would Paul say, first he confirms, well, were you water baptized? Yeah, and they said, yeah, John the Baptist baptized us in the name who was coming after him, speaking of Jesus Christ. So he made sure they were born again, they were baptized in Jesus, he was their Messiah. And then what does it say in verse 6? Paul laid hands on them and says the Holy Spirit came on them, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. You see all of a sudden the gifts of the Spirit begin being released. All kinds of stuff started to happen. Again, that's the pattern you see throughout the book of Acts. Born again, baptized water, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, central to the release of power in the book of Acts was being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be sitting here going, well, I'm a believer, I love Jesus, I'm following Jesus, never been water baptized. Can I still get filled with the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. I'll give you an example. Acts chapter 10, that very thing happened. Peter, here it was, that Peter was still speaking words to them. He's talking to these believers in, in the church, in, uh, where he was at. I'm trying to remember where he was. But anyway, he's talking to him. And what happens was, it says, while Peter was still speaking, it says, the Holy Spirit fell on them who heard the word. For they heard them speaking in tongues and magnifying God. That's another thing the Holy Spirit does. It, it, it grows us in our a worship and it causes you to want to worship. Peter answers after that. He says, Oh, uh, these guys are saved. They're filled with the Holy Spirit now. Then he says, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And then he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So they got it a little twisted around. They were born again. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they got water baptized. The bottom line is you come to Jesus first and get your life right. Then he'll take you on the next travel road, wherever you're at. And this is what Jesus calls us to. It's a beautiful thing. You have the Holy Spirit, yes. But do you need to be baptized and be filled? According to the Bible, yes. Who baptizes us? Jesus does. We need to be open? Absolutely. Just as you came to Jesus and received him. You know, there's some things that really block people. Wrong teachings. A lot of wrong teachings out there trying to fence people out from the empowerment that the Holy Spirit has for us. I was filled with the Holy Spirit really early on in my walk. I mean, it happened fast. I was just so hungry. It's like a sponge. Um, religious barriers. Well, you know, put God in the box, whatever. Intellectual barriers. Mind gets in the way. A lot of things you got to surrender. When you, when, you, when you come to Jesus, you surrender. You surrender a lot of things. Another one I think is a big one is self-condemnation. We condemn ourselves out of the presence of God. Well, I'm just not worthy. I'm just too much and I got too much things wrong in my life, right? I don't have it together yet. Look, when you came to Jesus, did you have it all together? No. You know, salvation was a gift. You didn't earn it. It was freely given. It talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's another freely given gift, regardless of where you're at. The reason why you need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is so you can get breakthrough in your life and begin to overcome those things that are overcoming you and take you to a new place in Him. 
self-condemnation. Shame. I'm just not worthy. No. It's a gift. You know what it says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13? It says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who simply ask Him? Just like you got born again. You come to Jesus, Lord, I need you. He comes into your life as like, oh, He saved me. And I was so unworthy. I was His enemy. Jesus says, yep, that's what I do. I save people. I love saving. Jesus loves, loves, loves saving people. He loves snatching them out of this, this miry clay, as the Bible calls it. And he, he loves to set your feet on a rock. He says, I'll bring stability, peace, and salvation to your life. Now, let's take it another step, he says, because I'm going to fill you and empower you. I want your life to be opened up to the overflowing of my love. I want boldness to come upon you. I want you to experience all the gifts that I have for you. I want the fruits of the Spirit to begin to exponentially grow in your life. I want to change you and take you from glory to glory, strength to strength. I want to enlarge your prayer life. I want to make you more evangelistic. I want to do things in your life. You know, you, I want to take you and your, your job and you don't understand what to do and the Holy Spirit's going to solve that mystery and give you wisdom. I want to help you be a better father, a better husband, a better brother, a better sister, a better friend. I want to help you and speak to you. I want to speak to you in ways that you never thought. I want to give you revelation. I want to talk to you about your neighbor and what your neighbor needs so that you'll go over there and bring a plate of cookies and say, hey, I just want to bless you today because I feel like you're down because the Holy Spirit told you that. And all of a sudden there's a boldness that comes upon you and a love and a concern and it's expressed and something powerful happens. That's what I'm talking about, man. I'm talking about opening the door of your life to the life flow of the Holy Spirit to make you more effective, to make you increase in all that God calls you to do in his purpose for your life. Isn't that beautiful? God wants to do that for you. He does. He wants you to be a better leader, a better influencer. Nobody can influence anybody more than the Holy Spirit working through your life. And we stand together. You say, well, how do we do it? You ask. First thing I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to pray against some things I feel like would be hindrances. Agree with me right now in Jesus' name. I take authority over that lying spirit. Every time the devil speaks, he's lying. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. It says, this isn't for you. You don't deserve this. Self-condemnation. Doubt, unbelief. Isolating yourself out. Say, I can't. This is, in Jesus' name, I bind that. I cut off that voice. I silence it. And I take authority over those uh, strongholds and I bind them up and I loose them from this room and from our lives in Jesus' name. I dismantle every religious argument, every wrong teaching, every intellectual barrier in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. This is what I'm going to do because I really feel like this needs to be a step of boldness on your part. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, this is between you and God. I just want to, because we're going to take a time and worship. I'm going to invite you up here, right here, and we're going to pray. And I take authority over the fear of man in Jesus' name. By now, in Jesus' name. Anybody wants to just come forward right now? I'll just wait for you to come forward, begin to worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Matter of fact, in Ephesians, you know what it says? It says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you leak. You get bludgeoned. You get tired. Things happen to you in this life, and you get weary. That's why, you know what I do every single morning? I do this every morning. I open up to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, I need a fresh anointing, a fresh filling, because I need you for today. I need grace for today. And I welcome that fresh filling every single day. I welcome the Holy Spirit. So you might be here today, you've already been filled, you know you have, but you want more of the Holy Spirit, you want a fresh filling, I'm going to invite you forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And just like you asked Jesus to come into your heart, right now, right now, just hold your hands out and just say, Holy Spirit, Jesus baptizing you in the Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. I want your fresh life of God flowing through me. I open my life up. I open the door to the Holy Spirit baptism right now. Fresh feeling. Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now I just release that anointing. I release glory of your house. I pray for your children, your sons and daughters right now. In Jesus' name, you would baptize them and fill them. Anoint them. Overflow them, God. So we open up to you. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts and to discover how you can connect, visit us at churchak.org or download our Church on the Rock AK app from either iTunes or Google Play.